Lose the Cape podcast, episode 152. I think this is one of my most favorite episodes that we have recorded in a long time. Not because of any other reason other than the fact that I have been struggling with my health a lot, trying to find natural ways to cure the things that are going on with my body, trying to investigate the root causes of why I'm suffering these things, trying to find food, the right foods to heal my body. And sometimes I'm successful and sometimes I am not. But I do want to say that this interview with Sharissa Bradley is a very, uh, was a really great conversation for me to talk with someone who is doing research on these types of things and helping other women learn how to make choices with their food that help them heal their bodies. And I just think it's phenomenal um, that she is doing that. So before we get into the episode, I want to make a couple of quick announcements. First of all, this podcast episode is sponsored by the Princess Monroe Uh, book. It launches on Tuesday, September 12th. So just next week, we are almost there. Princess Monroe is a new kind of princess. She's a little girl who has a lot of life to live and doesn't need a little prince to save her. And it's just a great story about a girl and her own interests without having to be matched up or saved by a prince. So we're super excited about the launch of Princess Monroe and her happily ever after. You can find out more information about the book and how to get it at losethecape.com for forward slash podcast, forward slash 152, as well as all of our show notes and all the other information that we have on the podcast um, site for you. The other thing is that we are going to be doing a special holiday gift guide episode in the upcoming months. We are looking for sponsors who have products that or services that are a great fit or books or anything of those nature that are a great fit for busy moms, whether they're working moms, stay-at-home moms, or whatever kind of moms, um, you know, anything that you have that makes moms' lives easier or more interesting or more relaxing or whatever you can do, we would love to feature you in our holiday gift guide. You can find out about sponsorship on that on the main site, losethecape.com. It's on a banner across the very top of our website or in the show notes, again, losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 152. All right. We talked about some great things. We were all over the place in this episode. Sharissa is really fun to talk to. And Nancy and I had a great time. So I'm going to stop yammering. Um, I would like to beg you, if you love our show or have enjoyed this episode, to please head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen. Leave us a review. Share about the podcast. We would love that. All right. Enjoy the show. I am Alexa Big Wharf, your host. And I'm Nancy Caviona, your co-host. <laughs> Yay! Yes, I should start introducing me as the co-host too, I suppose, because that's the idea behind co-hosts, right? <laughs> I'll get the hang of this one day, this podcasting thing. It's only been four years, so you know. <laughs> All right, we are really excited to have you guys with us today. It's been a couple weeks. Nancy and I are super pumped up today because we both just dropped kids at school. Happy dance, happy dance, everybody happy dance. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it wasn't even like I have a kindergartner and it wasn't even bittersweet for me. How bad is that? Oh, go. A little curry-eyed with my youngest, but um, not not terribly. But we are here speaking to, we'll get back to this in a second. I want to introduce Sharissa so that she can jump in and not feel like she can't say anything until, <laughs> until we 
you've introduced her. That's never the case. You can always talk. But we have Sharissa Bradley here, who I had the pleasure of accidentally, not accidentally, we wound uh-huh. up in a coaching class with um, Tanya Rainier, which if you don't know Tanya Rainier and you need a money mindset or just a mindset coach in general, you need to find her because she has been such an amazing friend and mentor to me over the last couple of years. But Sharissa and I were both in a class, um, in a group coaching program that she did for female entrepreneurs to help with money mindset. And I'm so glad that I met her. And at the time I was helping Tanya through the process of publishing her book. And Sharis told me, I am going to write a book. And when I get myself motivated to do it, I am going to hire you and we're going to do it together. <laughs> and I was like, yay. And she did. Lots of people tell me that and never come through, but she did it. So she is a mother and a teacher. She went to school to be a psychologist, started teaching for a few years, and then was like, nope, this ain't my jam. So she started her company in 2016 to help people reverse autoimmune diseases using food as a medicine. She has four autoimmune diseases, which if you don't know anything about autoimmune diseases, if you have one, you are like, what, 60, 80% chance developing another. They like to run in packs. I myself have two, so I've always been super connected. Uh, two that, that are officially diagnosed. There's probably other stuff happening too. Yeah. But, um, she likes to help other people do the same. She's passionate, passionate about helping change lives. She loves to be outside, loves to cook, loves to share, and mostly she loves helping people, which we love. She currently lives in Southern California with her family. She has two little girls, and she is hard at work on her forthcoming book, which is coming out in December, Journey Back to Health, Six Steps to Confidentiality, Getting Your Life. I mean, sorry, Confidently Getting Your Life Back. Let me say that again. Journey Back to Health, Six Steps to Confidently Getting Your Life Back. Yay. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We are excited to have you. So, um, okay, let's just start like with, let's just dig into autoimmune diseases and um, how you were diagnosed, how you found out you had them, what some of the symptoms are, what people should be looking for. Okay, loaded question. Let's get into it. (laughs) I Just go for it, it, like full fledged. (laughs) Uh, My mom actually has autoimmune disease as well. uh, And my most of the women in my family have Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid disease. Uh, thyroid, um, yes, exactly. So thyroid autoimmunity. Um, and actually a lot of people believe that those who have uh, any other autoimmune diseases that it could have come from that thyroid because thyroids actually have this like kind of magic key that opens up any antibodies in the body so you can get attacks everywhere if you have a thyroid uh, antibody attack. Um, so I actually have had illnesses most of my entire life. I remember being like in the nurse's office all the time, doctor's offices. At 15, I had a really bad intestinal infection and I started taking medications at 15 for, um, IBS, uh, an acid medication and, um, uh, ibuprofen for the pain, things like that. So really, really early on started being medicated and going to lots of doctors. Uh, I had problems my entire life. So I would go to the doctor's office and say, this is what's going on. And then I would get a new medication. At some point I was um, diagnosed with panic disorder because I was having regular uh, every month panic attacks and, um, and uh, chronic 
depression just kind of kept, it kind of came with it. Um, and then just really as many illnesses as you can possibly have. I had vertigo at one point. I had IBS that I was taking medication for. Um, and I think at around 18, 19, I was already taking five or six different medications for different things. So the anxiety medication, depression medication, ibuprofen for the chest pain, because when I would have panic attacks, my lungs would bruise. So they would um, keep the bruising down and the swelling down with ibuprofen. I got really badly addicted to ibuprofen because I was taking a thousand milligrams twice a day. Oh and my you get gosh. I didn't even yeah. know that was possible. It's not. It's like really super dangerous and it wrecks your digestive system. So it wasn't really. You were just stripping your gut. Yeah, it wasn't really a surprise to me when it, when I definitely, when I got those diagnoses. Um, I also had chronic bladder infections for eight years. Oh. Uh, and the way they stopped, stopped that was by putting me on an antibiotic, a low dose antibiotic for two years. So every single day for two years, I took 50 milligrams of antibiotics. Um, so if that wasn't like the case right there, um, that was from 20 to 23. And then by the time I was 23, I was diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease, which is interstitial cystitis. Basically taking all of that medication destroyed the lining of my bladder and created an attack in my system. So I was having bladder attacks because I had like so badly destroyed everything. Um, I don't have any of these problems anymore. This is just kind of like the timeline of it. Uh, then I had got myself healthy enough. I went and saw some holistic doctors and finally started taking care of my health, changed my diet a little bit. And within about six months of getting healthy, I got pregnant. So, um, yay. Uh, I had my first baby and nursed her and didn't seem to have any health problems during that time. And then during nursing my first baby, uh, I had, got pregnant with my second baby. And so for about four years, supposed to happen. Yeah. So for about four years, I was nursing or breastfeeding straight. So from the time I got pregnant with my first daughter to the time I stopped nursing my second daughter, I never stopped any time in between. And it was almost about four years. Um, after that, about a month after my daughter weaned herself, um, my body started to fall apart, like very much fall apart. I felt like that movie, um, Oh, I love this movie. It's so great. And it's like they're, they take, drink this like magic potion where they can live forever. But like at some point their body parts start falling off. Do you remember this movie? Oh. And like one of them like blows a hole in the other one. And so she's got like a hole in the middle of her stomach. They like, they live forever. Because Wait, practical live. magic? No, I love Be, uh, that movie. Beetlejuice? And I'll have to, t I'll have to look it up, but it's like, it, oh, it death happen. becomes her, death becomes her. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Best movie ever. Okay. So their body parts like start falling off, right? Like at one point, like their arm falls off and like they have a <laughs> hole in the middle of their body. So I, that's how I likened the situation that I was going through. I felt like my body was literally falling apart. Um, I had no energy. Like I, like people say like, oh, I'm tired. I'm a mom. I have no energy. I would wake up so exhausted that I could barely get to 10 o'clock in the morning. Like I would get up at eight, start taking care of my kids and barely make it to 10 before I had to take my first nap of the day. Mm -hmm. Luckily my kids were young enough that they were still taking naps. So I probably slept every day in the middle of the day, about three hours. Yeah. And then, um, and then I was working, I was still uh, a professor at Cal State San Marcos and I um, had to teach classes and my husband was not working at the time. So it was a lot on me to get to make the money that I was making. So I woke up, I would drive to school and I would get there a little bit early and I would sleep in my car for about 20 minutes because I was so exhausted just from driving to work. Wow. Um, I would oh teach God. the class and then I would go sleep in my car for an hour and then teach the class, another class, and then I would go home and I would go to bed, usually like around 5.30. It was, I was so 
completely exhausted. I thought that if I started exercising that I would have more energy. So I tried to do that and I would have to sleep after any time I tried to exercise. Um, so that's when I started going to the doctor and just like what the age is going on with me. And they started running tests. I ended up going through six firing six doctors, um, before I got to one who was willing to work with me. The other thing that I happened to be dealing with that was kind of strange at the same time when I started exercising again, I was getting these really weird pains in my leg. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't explain it. So I ended up going to a sports medicine doctor and that's who ended up helping me with everything. Um, he's the sports medicine doctor for the chargers and he was really thorough. He had an MRI done on my leg and found out that my body was so vitamin D deficient that my bones were falling apart. I, I had three stress fractures in my leg, um, just from walking around without any really high impact. I had no vitamin D, no B vitamins. I was completely depleted. Um, so he ran as many tests as he possibly could on me, finally did the autoimmune testing and found the celiac disease and the Hashimoto's thyroid disease. Um, but that's as far as his education took us. We couldn't really go any further than this is what's wrong with you. Um, and his oh idea for the thyroid disease was take thyroid medication. But the endocrinologist couldn't figure out what was going on because my thyroid was actually swollen and I had to have ultrasounds done because the thyroid was so badly under attack that it was actually twice its normal size. Oh, wow. um, my, you could see the, my thyroid on the sides of my neck. Um, so I had to have ultrasounds and biopsies and things like that to make sure that it wasn't like cancerous or tumors. Um, and then the endocrinologist that I went to is like the top endocrinologist in the state of California. Um, and he gave me mixed advice. So the first time I went to see him, he's like, your thyroid is swollen and it's low functioning. You need to be on thyroid medication. And then a week later, he told me that my thyroid was actually small and that I didn't need to be on thyroid medication. So within one week, put me on a hundred milligrams of thyroid medication. And then the next week took me off completely. Um, so I was basically like a ping pong ball being thrown around every which direction. And that's when I started to do research for myself. So as you mentioned before, I'm a psychologist. I, uh, my education is in experimental psychology. My master's and undergraduate thesis were both in nutrition. So I just went back as heavy as I could into the literature. And any free moment that I had that I wasn't asleep, I was researching different diets for healing. Um, and I ended up finding the autoimmune protocol, which is a really, really, really strict elimination diet for healing autoimmune diseases. And it took yeah. about six months before I started feeling a little bit better. And really? I've been, this is, I'm at the three year mark now and I feel really, really good. I have, um, some bad days. I had a really bad autoimmune flare in January where my thyroid swelled again about double its size. And, um, this time it was a lot of pain. So it shot down my spine and into my arms and down into my, mm -hmm. uh, wrists. And uh, I couldn't walk for a couple of days. My hips were... Oh my God. Um, but it came down. It came down. It took about... The total flare was probably about two months because um, with thyroid, with th anything thyroid, um, I ended up getting depression again really badly uh, or having depression and anxiety again with that thyroid flare because the hormones are so upregulated that there's just no, you just have to wait until it filters out of your body. So with that came a really severe depression and anxiety attack. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I also have Hashimoto's and yeah. lupus and my dad had celiac and, um, and I have wicked, well, and as the, as the research has shown me pretty much anyone with any kind of, um, autoimmune disease should eliminate gluten forever. Huge, yeah. Forever, he, gluten and dairy, the, the proteins are very similar. 
Um, yeah, I agree. Their uh, research is showing now this, uh, it's not new by any means, but there's this chemical in our body called zonulin. And when we eat gluten, just the, the protein, gluten, not like gluten foods or whatever, but the protein itself, when it breaks down in our body, in our digestive system, it actually triggers this chemical, zonulin. And zonulin has the ability to open the channels of our digestive tract. So it kind of works as a key that, it, that increases permeability. So the more gluten you have in your body, the more zonulin you have, the more it allows for that channel to open up. And that's everybody. That's not just autoimmune yeah. people. Yeah, um, absolutely. Those of us with autoimmune disease, if gluten gets out of your system, it becomes a pathogen and your body attacks it. And that's the start of autoimmune disease for everybody else eating gluten. If you don't have the antibodies, then you're not getting the, then you're not going to have the problem. But unfortunately, zonulin gets triggered whether or not you have an autoimmune disease. So right. if people are having gut problems, gut dysbiosis, it probably is from that gluten. And you're totally right. It's so dangerous for people with autoimmune disease because it increases those antibodies so much. And when you have places for those antibodies to attack, it is going to attack. Yeah, I, I actually was having so many problems with flare-ups and health problems a few weeks ago and or a few months ago. And the thing, the other part, you know, it's what I'm finding is, uh, so I love watching kind of social media and as it happens, cause you'll see somebody saying, you know, I haven't been feeling well. Somebody told me I should eliminate gluten. I eliminated gluten and I don't feel better 30 days later. And what I'm kind of, what I'm, what I am finding through the research and through my own experimentation with my body is that it's never just one thing. Like some people, obviously they have celiac disease, must eliminate gluten, period, end of story. But usually it's a combination of things. It's, it's gluten, it's dairy, it's sugar. Mm. Nobody wants to talk about sugar, but sugar <laughs> is ranks at the very high of inflammatory things. It's, um, you know, all these combination of things. And then, so I, where I'm getting to with this is that I put myself on the autoimmune protocol because I was like, there's just eliminating dairy and gluten isn't doing it for me anymore either. I have to see what else is going on. So everything, I cut out everything. And that's really, it's hard. It's so hard to live like that. Food-wise was fine. I was experimenting with new things, making some really delicious recipes, feeling very full, eating wonderful things. But the time that it took to do that and then doing that for my entire family and how freaking hard it is to actually find, I live in South Carolina, you're in California, so it's easy for you guys here in the South to actually find grass-fed food, not vegetarian chicken, because that's a lie, y'all, and we don't have to get into this right now, but, <laughs> but finding grass-fed food is going to cost you $8,000 to eat a steak. <laughs> And you find it in like one grocery store. <laughs> Literally, yeah. there's oh, one store in my city that sells grass-fed food beyond just grass-fed beef. So it's really, really a challenge. So I really feel for everyone who is saying, I can't make this change because you really, you really have to be super committed to yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at one point we wanted like the grass-fed beef. We actually did um, a cow share. That's what I'm going to have to do. And it, like, we yeah. just like went in with a whole bunch of people. And like, there was this guy in Virginia who was doing like grass fed beef. And he like drove up to Brooklyn and we got the beef off the back of his truck. That sounds so okay. bad. No, that's how it is now. That's how it's done now. We have, um, we're really blessed out here in Temecula. We have a couple of farms actually that do grass fed 
um, pasture raised their whole life. So I can, I can actually get it pretty local. Nice. There are a couple that ship. So that makes it easy if you're looking for, um, there's if you go to Whole Foods, do you have a Whole Foods by you? I they, don't. Our Whole Foods does not have grass fed. Oh, they, have, they have, um, they have all the meats that say have never had added antibiotics, sure. but guess what? There's crap in the grains and we shouldn't be eating the grains anyway. So anyway, yeah, that was a really oh my God, where do you live, woman? <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina, where we eat <laughs> fried food, y'all. We're eating fried butter at the fair this year. So let's not talk about grass-fed chicken or, you know. <laughs> I mean, I thought that has definitely been a part of moving to California that I have, like, access to so much more. Yeah. Yeah, you have more choices. Yes. And it's not crazy expensive. Yeah. This is true. But- it is hard, but that's a whole different. So my point on that was that even doing that for one month was like, really, it was really difficult. And then people acted like I was crazy. And I, I did actually see some improvements really quickly, but not as much as I had hoped. And then when I started adding things back in, I saw stuff come back really, really fast. And I was like, and I read, I follow Dr. Amy Myers and I've read her book and everything. And um, she's fantastic. She does all the autoimmune um, diets and everything. And she was, uh, she said in her book for the first time, cause I'll be like, Oh, I haven't had gluten in a long time. I'm just going to have this blue moon because I really miss my weedy beer. And she was like, even if you eat gluten four times a year and you have sensitivities to it, or you have, um, an autoimmune disease four times a year is enough to keep your body consistently inflamed from it. So it has to be an all or nothing. It has to be a goodbye gluten or or continue to have these issues. But I was kind of glad to have her say that because I'm tired of people being kind of like, eh, because if there's any wiggle room, I go to the wiggle, not to the, you know. Oh, I would too. Oh my gosh. I totally would. With the celiac, I'm grateful. I know this sounds crazy. I'm grateful that it is celiac because that that changes my diet right there. And I really, with with all the other autoimmune diseases, um, it helped significantly. Don't get me wrong; like I don't have any bladder pain or problems at all, even a little bit anymore. No, I have also endometriosis. No endometriosis pain at all. And I mean, it took three years, but it. I'm only 31 and three years to give me the rest of my life was so worth it to me. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I can't eat, there's no wiggle room with celiac disease. You're, I mean, it destroys me. Yeah. Well, my, um, so my blood test came back negative on it, but my dad is diagnosed, was diagnosed. He passed away in April and that was a real wake up call for me though, to watch what it did to him when he continually consumed the gluten. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so there are so many things that he was diagnosed with dementia, but after doing a lot of research on what gluten can do to your body over years, um, even in a short amount of time, if you have celiac, like I'm not even, I, I don't know that that wasn't a side effect from the gluten, you know? So anyway, just after watching what everything happened with him, like I was like, okay, I'm for real this time. No more joking around, no more. I'm just going to sneak one little cupcake at a party because it's not going to bother me or, you know, oh, I really miss my wheat beer. So I'm going to drink it. And it's, it's been difficult. And around here, people look at me like I'm really crazy. 
And, but I've just decided, no, 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 the food people are starting to get on board with. When I went to the pillow store and asked them if they had any toxin free, like earth guard or whatever it's called, green guard approved pillows. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh no. I'm so grateful to Amazon for those days. I get so much of my stuff. Yeah. Like even yesterday, my vitamin D came in the mail. Like my vitamin D drops were like, oh, right. there it is, Amazon. Like I don't have to go anywhere, thank goodness. Uh, but it is, it's a challenge to find all the things that you need. And, and people are like, I don't, it's, I did write about this in my book also that, um, that unfortunately when we decide to make changes for ourselves, it threatens other people and makes yes. them like you're not, you're trying to be better than them or like you're, yes. like, I don't drink anymore because I'm trying to heal my body. Like, oh, you're better than me because you don't drink and you're judging me. That is so interesting. And I'm sure your psychology background, like it helps you pick on that. <laughs> but I have really noticed that lately too. Like so, I mentioned something to my friends about eliminating all these things. And I was talking about some of the research and one of them was like, and who exactly are these people? Where is this research coming from? And I'm like, holy hell woman, I didn't say you have to do this. <laughs> you know? It's so offending to other people that you want to be better or healthier. And it's, <laughs> I tried, I was really, really offended in the beginning. Like it really yeah. hurt my feelings when people would say things like, well, what can you eat then? Right. You know, like, oh, well, you just don't eat anything. And that's why you're so skinny. You know, I, would, <laughs> I hated all of that. I totally got skinny shamed like my whole life. And um, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. But it really is their own insecurities. And it really doesn't have anything to do with us at all. Yeah. But the next part of that is that I realized, and I mentioned the pillow, I, I've started to now, now I'm getting to the point where people might actually think I'm a little cuckoo because I am going very much against societal norms yeah. right now. I'm saying, okay, I'm putting all clean foods in my body. Mm. I don't want to put toxins straight up on my skin and parabens and all this other horrible stuff. If you actually read what is in your lipstick and in your, I just spent an ungodly amount of money. Thank you, dad, for making that possible for me to be able to go invest in my health. To swap oh, beauty out, counter. Swap out everything. Yes. Beauty yeah. Counter. Yes. Yeah. I use their, I um, love beauty I counter. Well. Yeah. I love it too. It's so nice. Cause you know, it's going to be safe. Right. Um, I did that about two years ago when I was doing AIP. Cause when you do AIP, you really learn about the skin and how the skin is our largest organ and everything yep. that you put in or on is going inside. Right so if in. you're putting like Victoria's secret body lotion on every single day, all of those chemicals are being absorbed like, in your I'm body. I'm to make the change to deodorant that, because I didn't do very well when I went to natural deodorant last time. Yeah. And it's <laughs> very well, I... Yes. I just switched. I just switched. First, I have been using like one of those cream deodorant yeah. things, yeah. but they're like kind of messy. So messy. And I just switched to like a lush deodorant okay. bar. Yeah. And I really like it. And, I but I'm like the type of person where I don't, it's just like a stick. It looks like a bar of soap almost. Okay. They yeah. cut it up for you and you just rub it on yeah. I mean, it's just a bar, but I'm like the type of person where like I, my soap, my body soap is called Dirty Hippie. So like, I don't Dirty mind hippie. smelling like <laughs> I don't mind smelling like a hippie. Like yeah. I totally will Some own up to that. Hippie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Like sandalwood. Um, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
comes between somebody looking at me and, and making a judgment call about my smell versus breast cancer. Sure. I'm okay with being a little bit stinky until my body gets rid of the toxins. But I will say since eliminating all the sugar and the grease and the crap, I don't smell like I used to smell. (laughs) So it all goes hand in hand. I mean, there were times I was like, Oh God, I got to go buy some dove because this isn't working for me. (laughs) Now that like totally makes sense because if you're putting all the crap in your body, it has to come out like somewhere, like through your sweat. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice benefit and added bonus. Yeah, my husband just stopped wearing deodorant recently within the last couple of months. He hasn't had to wear it anymore. He just doesn't smell anymore. Wow. Yeah. Um, My husband... That will never happen to my husband. But. Well, we eat, we eat the way I do. He eats the paleo diet like I do. So he has like a pretty, um, you know, clean and everything that he puts on his body is really clean. So he just doesn't, it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. That's kind of cool. So cool. Oh, no. <laughs> so it, cool. It's funny though, because when you start learning about it, I mean, like one of the things that I like about Beauty Counter and I'm just going to fully disclose, I did sign up as a consultant because I got a 50% discount on my changeover. And I was like, if I'm going to spend this much money, I'm going to do it at a discount. I don't intend on hosting parties or anything like that, but I will share my link. (laughs) That would be in the show notes. There you go. (laughs) But um, the whole, the, the, uh, you know, like I like that they provide the education behind it. It's not just that this is the newest trend. Let's, um, let's see what we can do to get, you know, get people to spend a lot of money on it. It's here's why we make them this way. Here's, I love that they provide the list of the 15 nevers and mm-hmm. it gives the list of the ingredients and they gave me a whole bunch of cards that I'm just going to be given to people and be like, please, for the sake of your body, for the sake of my body, for the sake of everybody's, because the, 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 the thing is, especially if you're going to make a big change in anything that makes money, and right now, all of those are big money-making organizations that make all the stuff with all the parabens and all the everything's in them. There has to be a movement behind them. To get good grass-fed beef in my stores, there has to be a demand. So the more people that we can educate, the more people, and this is not in one of those because I'm doing it, you have to do it. It's a with love. Please get educated on this. Please look at what is in this stuff. Please do well, better for your children. That- when organic first came onto the market, it was like so expensive. And I remember back then, you know, people were saying if when once people start getting on the organic bandwagon, things will get cheaper. And it's true. Now you have Amazon owns Whole Foods and all that stuff is getting so much cheaper. It's crazy. Yeah. I just well, I mean, more people are being forced to do it. Yeah, I would just wish they would standardize what it actually means because. <laughs> well, and I do feel like that's happening. Like the tide, you know, the tides have to shift, right? We yeah. went, we went so far. The pendulum swung so oh, far yeah. into industrial food that we like we went crazy, and now nobody understands what's going on with their food, what's happening with the chickens and the cows and the pigs. Right. Like it's so awful, awful. And right. now they're like, wait a minute, I see what you're doing, and I, you need to change it. So they're like making these incremental changes. And I think if we just continue to force better quality, it's going to happen. And you're right. Like, we have to just keep... There's, yeah, I mean, there's like a million documentaries on Netflix now, yeah. all about yeah. our food supply chain. I mean, people are like educating themselves about like, you know, factory farming and 
all of this stuff, I mean, it's really like disgusting. It's almost to the point where like you can't think about it all the time no, because no, no, you would just yeah. be like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <Gross. There are laughs> Coming back to the food part though, since this is really your area of expertise and I cannot wait to be sharing your book link with people uh, <laughs> because I think it's, I mean, you know how passionate I am about this as well. And I'm just really, really, really pleased to be part of a, a movement to help people use food to become healthy. Um, but like, nah, dang it. Now I forgot what I was about to say. Um, I got so excited about the moment of the book, but bringing it back to food, like, um, holy moly, but let's just bring it back to food. And maybe my question will come back. Like yeah. how you clean yourself out by the right foods and how much of an impact that really, ha I know what I was going to say. Like they're starting to see the, the connection between, um, for example, children not getting enough protein and ADHD type symptoms or not eating the right things or having too much sugar or all these other things that, that are, they shouldn't be consuming anyway that result in us now medicating a child because it looks like they have, and don't get me wrong, I have a son with ADHD, he's medicated. So I'm not having an argument about that right now. I'm just saying, what if a change in his diet could fix it so that I'm not you know, we don't need to do those things. I would much rather not have him medicated, but I yeah. will. Until I mean, I, I mean, I have a friend who, um, she has four children and she had just found like just through her experience that her children function much better when they don't have sugar, mm -hmm. when they don't oh have gluten, <laughs> like when they don't have gluten, she has like one that like does much better without dairy. It's just like, you know, it's like not crazy to think that there is like a connection between the child's behavior and the food that they eat. And I know that there has been research about how um, some, um, how diet can help kids with autism. Yep. Yep. That's and, the connection. Yep. You know, so, um, you know, there's definitely like a connection there. And then in the, in Shavitha's book, you talk a lot about um, the connection between diet and stress. Yes. And your health and stress. So well, I let, mean, let's talk about your book. Let's tell yeah. Let's talk about your book. I'm so excited for it. I mean, I think that like the biggest. I mean, I was like you know fortunate that I was able to be a beta reader for Shavissa's book, and I think that um, the biggest thing that resonated with me was um, just like the whole connection between stress and your health and um, there was something else too, but now I can't remember what it was. <laughs> That's okay. Let's touch on that for a second. Cause I'm really interested in this topic right now. I've been really playing with the idea of stress and, um, our body and how our bodies respond to it. And I've done a couple of videos my, this last couple of weeks, but just to kind of reiterate a little bit, our body doesn't see stress differently. So what that means is no matter what the stressor is, so you're having a fight with your spouse, your kids are driving you crazy, you're in traffic driving to work, all of those things are viewed exactly the same by the body. We don't have like separate stress responses. We're just biologically built to have one stress response and that's fight or flight. Um, and now they say it's fight, flight, or freeze. So they've added this huh. third component that you either fight, run, or you can't do anything. That's me. Little, I'm so glad they added it because I was like, yes. I don't fight or flight. Yes. And a lot of people do that with stress. So, and the, one way to see this is like, if you wrote yourself a big, long to-do list and you're like, these are all the things I need to get done. 
And then you go ahead, you have to take a nap, right? You look at it and you're like, oh my God, I can't even think about this. And you have to go take a nap. What happened was just that perception of stress, the amount of things that you were expecting to get done, stressed your body enough that you had to recover from the list. Wow. So stress is, is, is universal. It's just like this one thing. It just clicks on this response. So that would be an example of that freeze response. You're not running from your responsibilities. You're not fighting the responsibilities. You're freezing because your body is shutting down. It can't do anything. So those are the three responses you get for stress. And the biological response in the body is exactly the same. So we're switching on to fight or flight or freeze mode. Your digestion stops your eyes dilate, your blood pressure increases because your body is getting ready to fight something. Um, we haven't evolved in any way to deal with the stressors of traditional American life as we did when we were like cave people chase, being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Like we <laughs> didn't change at all. The body is still the same as far as how we respond to stress. Unfortunately, now we just have like a crazy amount of stress in our lives. The interesting thing about not being different or not being able to differentiate between stress is our body also sees the food, the chemicals, the things we're putting on, the breathe, what we breathe in the air. You know, we tell people like, you can't breathe asbestos, but asbestos is still in our brakes. It's still in our drywall. Anytime you're driving down the freeway and people are braking, there's asbestos in the air. So all of that is also a stressor on the body. I know that. My God. So all of those things are also seen as stressors and our body's responding exactly the same way no matter what. If you were being chased by a bear or you're sitting on the freeway breathing in chemicals, your body is in that same set of stress no matter what. Wow. So the way we can help to kind of combat this is by using the food. Because if food is medicine and food is seen as stress too, skipping meals is a stressor. Eating fat, the wrong kinds of fat, saturated fat, like um, you know, hamburger and french fries, drive-through, diet coke, sugar, calories to get you moving, that's also seen as a stress because your body has to protect itself from those chemicals. So now instead of providing yourself with energy and feeling good and feeling happy and strong, you're feeling stressed constantly. And we all know, like even if, even if you don't realize you're chronically stressed out, we all know that chronic stress is linked to every disease. It's not like, oh, chronic stress is like cancer, or chronic stress is autoimmune disease. Chronic stress is everything. Yeah. Chronic stress will literally, it will kill you no matter what, in whatever form that takes in your body. And for me, that chronic stress of being pregnant, breastfeeding for four years straight, being in grad school with babies and all of that, that depleted my body. But it wasn't just that. It was the medication drugs that I was taking. It was the conventionally raised food that I was eating. It was the sleep that I wasn't allowing myself to get. It was the mindset of I'm a mom and I have to give up my whole life for my family. It was all of that. So it's everything, right? Like food is so important because we can control that. We can say, okay, the rest of my life is crazy, hectic, and stressful, and my kids are crazy and all of that, but I can control this one stressor for my body, and it's incredibly important, and that's food. So your book is a combination between like education and preparation, right? Yeah, it kind of walks you through the whole process of it's, it is food, right? It is food. We have to eat the right things. But there's only one chapter in the book that's dedicated to food. There's an entire chapter on how stress affects our body. There's an entire chapter on the different types of systems in our body, our um, immune system, digestive system, the organ systems in our body. So talking about how all of that works in a symbiotic relationship and we have to support all of that, again, to bring that stress level down. And if we really want to simplify it, 
it stress is the thing. It's not, it's just like food and chemicals and all that stuff. It all can be called stress because that's the way the body is seeing it. And that's the, the way the body is responding to it. So the book is all about um, how to sleep better, how to get adequate stress men, uh, mindset. There's an entire chapter that I actually did with Tanya. You mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Um, she actually interviewed and she's in the book and she talks about how mindset and uh, mindset can, can, can really help you on your healing journey. If you're talking about how your body is killing it yourself, like then your body will keep killing itself. If you're talking about how your body's healing itself, then it is. So the book is uh, de de definitely does talk about food and it definitely does talk about how food is important, but I believe that it's a lot of other things. It's the combination of living a holistic life. Sharissa, do you have your landing page set up yet for advanced readers? I think so. Do we need yes. to? So, yes. Yeah. com slash book. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. That's easy enough. SharissaBradley.com yeah. <laughs> forward slash book. Um, and for anybody who wants to be part of her uh, advanced review team to get a copy of this before it goes on sale, um, you can go to that link and get a um, get on the list. We're not quite ready to distribute it out yet, but we will be shortly. Yeah. yeah in an exchange for review on Amazon, please. But I think for anybody who is struggling with any, I mean, I don't, I can't think of anybody who couldn't benefit from this book, honestly. I really, I really can't because we all live, like what you just said, it's not, it's never just one thing. It's never just gluten or dairy or stress or it's all of these things all together. And it's going to be a really expensive year for me and my husband because I'm like, we got to get a water filtration system put on our house so that when we wash our hands or when the kids take a bath or whatever, they're not bathing in these nasty chemicals that are going right into them. We've got to get new beds because you spend nine, 10, hopefully hours a night, <laughs> just laying in a bed of chemicals that are seeping into you, yeah. Yeah. everything. And I know yeah. I sound like a nutcase to somebody who's never thought about these kinds of things. So start small, start yeah. small, start with your food because you yeah. can control the food and it may be a little more expensive, but it's not going to break your bank. Um, and then you yeah. can start moving into all this other <laughs> stuff. But I do talk about that a lot in the book as well. It's just kind of the you can't start everything all at once. Right. It took me three years to get where I'm at now. I'm just barely doing all of the like pasture raised, um, changed my, my hair care products and things, my makeup about a year ago. So it's all, it's a journey. And that's why it's called the journey back to health because it isn't something you're going to do overnight. You didn't get sick overnight. I was sick my whole life and it took a couple of years to get that back to normal, uh, or back to like whatever normal is for me now. Um, so I do, I do talk about that in the book. Pick one thing. Start with one thing. And the book is written in a way that, that the order, if you follow the order, then it, you can actually have a, really, have a lot of success. And that's why it's called the, you know, the six steps because yeah. we take that like one step at a time. And the very first chapter is talking about your mindset and your thoughts and beliefs around your health. And Which then we talk about incredible. stress, sleep. Right. Yeah. The, the mindset yeah. behind it in itself is such an incredible part that people don't, don't know. But if you don't believe it, yeah. first of all, from a mindset perspective, yeah. if you don't believe that these things can actually impact you, and on the other side, if you don't believe that you can actually make a change by changing these things in your life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's one of the, the one of the things that, um, that was in your book, right? She was like how we have to think of ourselves as, the person that we want to be like not I want to be a vegetarian but mm -hmm. I am a vegetarian I or, 
or I am a clean leader, not I want to be or I intend to be. Like, that's, like, part of the whole mindset thing. Like, call yourself the thing that you want to be. And I guess it's almost kind of like a, like a fake it till you make it type thing or just, like, reminding yourself, like, okay, if I am the type of person that does not eat sugar, should I be eating this ice cream right now? No, because you don't do it, right? It becomes like a not going to happen. I actually got this idea originally from the book, The Habit, The Power of Habit. And in the introduction of that book, he talks about this woman who is at like the very bottom of her life and just kind of like very much rock bottom, overweight, smoking, doesn't have relationships, can't can't do any of these things in her life. And she, a year later, they show her and just like complete transformation. And they asked like, how did you quit smoking? And she said, I decided I wasn't a smoker. And when people would ask me if I wanted to go have a cigarette, I said, no, I am not a smoker. Why would I ever what book with that? a cigarette? The Power of Habit. The Power of Habit. That'll yeah. be in the show notes. And he's, I mean, that's just an incredible way to learn about how habits are formed in our brain. And I do, I do have a chapter in the book on habit and I do have a chapter in the book on brain and, and neural wiring and things like that. So if you want like a little introduction that's in there, but for more details about it, this book, The Power of Habit, he talks about how first of all, changing habits is incredibly difficult. Yep. It's a process. It takes time. You can't be hard on yourself, but when you make it a part of your identity, who you are, it makes it a lot harder for people to challenge you. If you come up to a party and you say, Oh, I'm trying not to eat meat for a little while because I watched this documentary and they told me about industrialized food. So now I don't eat meat anymore. Like then they're, you're going to be challenged. People are going to start yeah. fighting you and say like, well, what do you, you know, who are they and where did they get their information? That's yes, exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that documentary is not exactly the best, um, the best explanation of this because that, that documentary was actually privately funded by PETA. So it has like a lot of um, third party interests. So it isn't, you can't take what they say for fact. It has to be someone who's not, who doesn't have a vested interest, right? Like the fork, what the fork, that's a really great one because they're, it's not a vested interest. It's privately funded or not privately funded. So look for those types of documentaries. But when you walk into a place and you say like, I'm trying this, or I don't think I'm going to do this anymore. It's very different than you walk in and you say, I am a vegetarian because I do not believe in eating meat anymore. Nobody's going to challenge you. Nobody's going to say anything. You know what? This is such an excellent point. And it was the only thing that kept me. This is something that I've learned over time as well. It was the only thing that kept me sane in my month of, for me, the hardest part is always alcohol. I love Mm -hmm. having a drink. I love going out and having some wine, but Mm -hmm. I had to get rid of all of that stuff through the autoimmune Mm -hmm. protocol for at least a period of time to heal my gut. And, um, and I, I was really, really afraid about going out to eat with friends or meeting up with girlfriends. And I I did something similar. I don't think I really realized I was going through the whole mindset thing, but I said, I have failed in the past. I have failed because I wasn't truly committed to my health. I am committed to my health. I am a healthy person. I am a new person. I am not going to let my children watch me go through what we watched my father go through. And it was so different. I went out, I had sparkling water with lime in it. So I had a pretty looking glass and, you know, for, and I was just like, it's not worth it. It's not worth having a couple drinks tonight to start all the way back at zero again. Well, and you're only doing it for their comfort level, not yours. Right. Right. Like, why do you need to care about other people's feelings on your health? Like it's not them that's going to live your life. And again, we get, so we do, we get so insecure about it because 
we don't want anybody judging us. I didn't go out to eat for like a year because I was so anxious to tell, to be that annoying person at the table and be like, Oh, I have celiac disease. Can you make sure that you don't put bread on my plate? You know what I mean? Like I hated that. And now it's kind of like, whatever. I send my food back all the time. Like you're an idiot. Just don't do it. You know? It's so funny. It's so funny that you said that. Cause like one of the documentaries that I've been watching on Netflix it's called Rotten. Okay. And like each episode is just like about a different, um, just like a different food issue. Okay. Uh, and so the one that I watched last night was actually about peanut allergies. But okay. um, one of the things that they talked about in that episode is that they interviewed, um, I forgot his name, like this famous like restaurant owner, like a famous okay. chef. Okay. And he was talking about how like he handles allergies in his restaurant. And he had this book that's like the allergy Bible for, okay. for all his staff. And I like list like all the major allergens. And then they have one for each dish in the restaurant because they want people who have allergies to feel safe eating in their restaurant. So, that's you know, so there cool. are people who go through that same thing, like they're nervous or anxious about going out to eat. But there are restaurants that really like go out of their way to accommodate that, you know, and make sure that people are not going to like get sick or die after eating their food. Because it's such a common, because it's such a common thing now. I mean, I'm, you know, so yeah. yeah. um, I think it was Mod Pizza, M-O-D Pizza. I don't know if that's a chain out where you guys are, but you can go in and it's like, pizza on demand. So it's like the subways of pizza, right? And you can get a good gluten-free crust there. And every time I go in there and ask for the gluten-free crust, they always ask me, and this is where I get a little bit, cause I'm like, I don't really know which way to answer on this, but they ask preference or allergy. And I usually say preference cause you know, it's not truly an allergy, but one time I was like, the last time we went, I was like, I'm not really sure which way to answer that. Cause I, well, first of all, I'm afraid to say allergy. Cause I'm afraid to be like, well, we can't serve you because we don't want to, <laughs> we don't want to risk it. And they also say, but yeah. that it, it makes it harder for restaurants to serve people with allergies when right. people lie but about what, having allergies. What she said was, she said, and I loved her response. I was just, this is amazing. She said, if it's an allergy, we put gloves on and we use a completely separate serving item and we won't let it touch. You know, we don't, we use a completely different thing to put it in the oven. We put it in a special spot and all this stuff. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. I said then, preference, yeah. but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's important. But that's really good to know. Yeah. And like you said earlier, just having that gluten four times a year was enough to keep your body messed up. Sure. And when you're doing pizza, especially if they're doing like a brick oven, something right. quick like that, there's a lot of flour. So if, contamination. Yes. Yeah. so if you have the opportunity, always take the opportunity. I really love, um, if I ever go to a chain restaurant, which I don't often do, um, but PF Chang's has a separate, a designated area of their kitchen and designated dishware. Wow. So never, never. If you have gluten-free foods, does it any go anywhere near gluten foods? That's awesome. Yeah. Right. Different pans, different plates, everything. So that's a really, like anytime people are like, let's go out to dinner and meet and it's a chain restaurant, then that's the one I pick because I know for sure I'm going to be safe and not get cross-contamination. Right. Right. Just that's like this. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It, it's yes. really a real thing. And, and I, I, I hear it, it does hurt my feelings because 
I have people in my family with celiac disease and because I know I have such a strong sensitivity to me, it does really hurt my feelings when I hear people say, well, our grandparents all ate gluten and none of them are, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, first of all, their, their stuff wasn't sprayed with Roundup from the time it was this big around. So it ain't the same gluten to begin with. And second of all, all this other stuff. And third of all, it doesn't matter what your grandparents did. We know now that smoking is bad for you. Our grandparents didn't know that. Should we all just smoke like chimneys, even though we know we're going to die of lung cancer? No, get your head out of your ass. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I just think that people like think that like the path is the path and like what we have now is like good forever. And it's just like someday this is going to be the path. (laughs) And we're going to look back on this time. My mom drove us from Iowa to Alabama when I was five years old and I was on the floorboards of the cars most of the time. Yeah. Just because I survived that doesn't mean I'm going to do the same thing with my kids. Come on. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it's so I true. It's just, it, doesn't, it doesn't really work as an argument. And um, I think people are still using it, even though it's a really tired argument, just as that's their only thing that they can say. That's the only thing people know. Well, I was fine and my kids were fine. But it's like, but you're not really, you know, right. like did your parents die from a, you know, like an Alzheimer's or a dementia or things like that. Like that wasn't, that's not fine. And that's not a normal process of aging. Yeah, that's, a, right. that's the process of degeneration, degeneration, which means there was inflammation in the brain and inflammation in the yeah. brain is not normal. So it's not, I mean, it's the total fallacy anyways, to say that like they were fine. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> she not. brings a way stronger argument than, than yeah. that passionate yelling at people. <laughs> I mean, that is why, I mean like that, that is why, like, we're seeing, like, an uptick in allergies now is yeah. because, like, because, uh, again, in this documentary about the peanut allergy, they said that, you know, that um, part of the reason why we're seeing more allergies is because we are cleaner people, mm-hmm. right? Like, we don't have parasitic worms in our right. gut and stuff like that, and then the um, American Pediatrics Association was like, stop giving your kids peanut butter. And then they realize that it should be the opposite. You should give your kid peanut butter when they're babies. Yeah, yeah. And then they're less likely to develop the allergy. So it's just, you know, like we're all constantly like discovering new things and right. figuring out why our bodies are reacting to things that they didn't react to in the olden days. Yeah, you're absolutely you know? right. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. And I know for one, I could keep this discussion going on for like another hour. But I have to go pick my children up from school. Yay. So glad to say that. <laughs> so, Sharissa, thank you so much. We will make sure that all the links to your website and to your book and to your group and to all the amazing things that you're doing to help people heal with food. Um, um, and Sharissa goes live every Friday with the Q&A yeah, so you can visit her, her Facebook page oh, right. and leave her a question yeah two days <laughs> whatever yeah. it is you can great. visit her Thanks. Facebook page and leave questions for her to answer and her Q&A on Friday awesome thank you so much and SharissaBradley.com yes thank you so much for having me yeah. I really enjoyed it <laughs>